paranoid, you're a big joke Screaming in the store, trying to be a good sheep all day You got cloth on your face, want a mandate Spreading your fear all over the place And saying, we will, we will mock you Me with a trust fund, dumb, dumb, crying in the street, gonna defund police someday. You got cloth on your face, it won't stop mace. Watching you fail brings a smile to my face. We will, we will mock you. Meme We will, we will mock you. Biden, you're an old man, con man, bleeding with the herd, sniffing hair and groping kids all day. You got cloth on your face, sheltered in place. Now you want Kamala because of her race. We will, we will mock you. Sheeple! We will, we will mock you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist, and today is September the 6th in the year 2020. Welcome to the show. I hope everything's going all right with you guys out there in uh, Radio Land, but everything is fine here in northern Idaho because we're just too damn scary for the BLM to come and mess with, at least at this point. They get a little more assistance. Uh, They'll be doing anything that they think they can do, get away with anyway. So, welcome to the show. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, now obviously you know at least one way to listen to me, because you're listening to me. But if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com and scroll down all the way, you'll see ways to listen. And I'm on every podcast you can imagine. Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, YouTube, even on YouTube. And I'll try and read these to you, because they're on their little tiny logos. Uh, CastBox... Pod Chaser, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, PCA, Player FM, Breaker, Overcast, and then if you know what to do with an RSS feed, I got my RSS feed there also. You can listen also on Global Star 3 Satellite, and I have the, the link right there, and you'll see it. There's this cute little satellite dish that's sweeping side to side. And there's even a 24-7 live feed there. You can listen in my chat room. And the link, that link to that is at the top of the page. And it's uh, I, I, I play my show live. Well, I play my show every Sunday, 2 to 4. See, I, what I do is I record my show on Saturday. And then I, I upload it to my engineer, Todd. And he puts it on satellites and everywhere else in the world. I don't know where the hell I am most of the time. You can listen on your phone. And that's area code 641-741-0371. Now, that's area code 641-741-0371. It's not toll-free. Now, I've had people complain that that number's not working for them, and I'll tell you why. A lot of you have, quote-unquote, unlimited uh, cell phone plans. Sometimes the the, uh, carrier will say, you know, I don't want you sitting there just listening for hours on end. So what they'll do is they'll block a number. But what happens is when you call this number, the 641 area code number, it'll tell you to dial another number. Anyway, and by the way, if any of you know any other ways that uh, I should be broadcasting over anything else, let me know. If you know any uh, AM stations, FM stations that want to pick me up, let me know. I'm more than happy to put myself out there. Now, on the left-hand side of all of my armchairsurvivalist.com pages, you see the little white nipper dog listening to the RCA Victor gramophone. 
Well, if you click on that, that'll take you to uh, the past shows page, and it, uh, you'll be able to listen or download all of my past shows for the current year. Also, on the left-hand side of the, any of the pages, you'll see the links, home, chat room, show notes, Survival Enterprises, my company. If you click on show notes, that'll take you to the place uh, it, it gives my shows in a chronological order and gives you a little a little uh, uh, tag of what they're about, like psych drugging of our soldiers, uh, Lugal's iodine, stupid things people do, psych drugging of our kids, how to buy an RV, all of these different things. You click on any of those dates, that'll take you to that day. Like August 16th was a memorial for my mother who died a few years back. But if you click on that, It'll take you to that August 16th show note page, and it gives you all the links that I talk about. Everything that I talk about, I don't just pull out of the air. I actually have source that you can go and look at yourself and figure it out, and then we can go from there. Now, if you do go into the chat room, you can uh, just listen if you want, or because it plays automatically, or if you want to, you can talk to people, ask questions. There's not very many people in the chat room that are actually communicating. Most of them just go there to listen. Or as in uh, some of you, you you go there so that uh, you you can get a good night's sleep. So let's get going. I'm going to give some information about the the company itself. Let's get all of this out of the way. Now, by the way, those of you who show up late to the show, you're going to miss all the announcements. And I've had it, it, it's happened thousands of times. Somebody calls me up and says, hey, uh, when are you going to have the Ultimate Daily back in stock? And I said, I'll tell him. I said, well, I've, I've announced it on my show. Well, I listened to your show, and I didn't hear you say anything. Yeah, that's because you're 15 minutes late. So it's the beginning of the show. I'm going to do the announcements to the, for Survival Enterprises. And yes, we have a bunch of stuff back in stock. This this um, uh, fraudemic, pandemic, this BS, this El Toro Caca, called COVID-19, SARS-2, COVID-19, and the government overreach throughout the world on this has screwed up exports, imports, and all kinds of stuff. We we have some very high-quality nutritional products here. No multi-level marketing crap and nothing out of China. And that's the problem because China's not exporting a lot of different tiny things that are necessary to manufacture products. That's why we didn't have the Ultimate Daily. See, we have an oregano oil that's the strongest on earth. It comes out of Turkey. Well, guess what else has our oregano oil in it? Is our ultimate daily vitamins and our immune boost. That immune boost is stronger than Cipro. If any of you know what Cipro is, C-I-P-R-O, look it up. Our ultimate immune boost is stronger than that. And it has our oregano oil in it as well. All of those are back in stock. Oregano oil, the ultimate immune boost, and the ultimate daily vitamin. The ultimate daily vitamin is so strong, uh, even though it recommends you take two of them. I'm 6'2", 260 pounds. I take one. If you don't, if you, uh, and you have to take them on food. You have to take, you have to take these things with food. That's how strong our stuff is. Anyway, they're back in stock. You can go to SE1, Samuel Edwards, the numeral 1, SE1.us, and you can go to the health department. You'll see all that stuff. It's survivalenterprises.com also, by the way, and it'll redirect you. Or you can call us at 800-753-1981 if you want to place an order. That's 800-753-1981. If you just want to chat, and we don't mind that, 
don't do it on my dime. That's three. So you call 310-295-9686. If you just want to ask questions, if you just want to talk and uh, find out what's going on, that's 310-295-9686. All right, now we're getting into the category of economy. I've been telling you, and it's pretty much so as everyone else for months now, that the cities that have been locking everyone down, the cities that have been violating our constitution, the cities that have been illegally ordering people to cease production and stop their income, well, these same cities are slitting their own throat because they're not getting taxes. They're not getting sales tax. They're not getting business tax. They're not getting anything. So this has taken a massive toll on cities. Never mind the world. I'm just talking about the U.S. here. It's taking a massive toll on the cities within the U.S. So, unfortunately, and I don't understand why, most cities in the United States have a governing body. It could be a county commissioner, uh, commissioners. It could be city councils. I don't know. Most of them are made up of communists, and I don't know why. Now, you, you have to understand, we have two philosophies in the United States. One is conservatism, and the other is communism. That's it. There's nothing in between. And all Democrats are communists. Unfortunately, not all Republicans are conservative. That's why it's broken up into conservative and communist. So we have communist ruling. North Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, quote-unquote, the last bastion of freedom. Communists control the city council. So what do they do with, when they have extra money? Extra money, right? They, they tax the hell out of the homeowners here. Oh, they do artwork. They'll, they'll manufacture giant feathers to put in the middle of the street in the divider so people can recognize when they're coming into Coeur d'Alene. What the hell does a feather have to do with Coeur d'Alene? Or Hayden, Idaho. They, they commissioned, the city council commissioned some guy to build some giant dragonflies. I, I don't understand. And then, because they do stupid stuff with their, their extra money, then they uh, they want to raise taxes. And, well, unfortunately, they can't just raise taxes because it has to go on the ballot up in Idaho. Well, we'll see what happens. But right now, I'm, uh, I, this is the word to the wise. If you own property, you're going to get screwed. S- states are going to be raising the sales tax. States are going to be, all of a sudden, these states that have no personal income tax are going to start having personal income tax. And homeowners are going to get hosed. It's that simple. In fact, in Cal- you know, in California... Taxes, in fact, California is insane, and it is the land of fruits and nuts. I remember that from when I was a kid. I didn't realize until I got older what, what they were talking about, and it, and it doesn't grow on trees, I'll tell you that. California is uh, losing so many people, they're getting the hell out of there. Now, unfortunately, a lot of them are coming up here, and they're going to Colorado, and they're going to Texas. Now, that's fine, except the people that are leaving are the ones, they're still socialists, they're still communists. They just don't like being taxed so much. So they're coming up here and bringing their crap with them. But unfortunately, that's not going to stop them because California passed a bill that applies a tax to residents who leave the state. And it's for, I don't remember, it's like 10 years. I, I have the article here. I'm not going to waste my time reading the whole damn thing. So that's, <laughs> well, the federal government already does that. If you, as a U.S. citizen leave the United States and no longer live in the United States, the U.S. government's still going to try and tax you. They'll threaten you. They'll threaten all kinds of things. And they're going to tax you. 
They're going to try. In New York City, which is a crap hole, believe me, I have listeners there, we have customers there, it's dead. All of the hundreds and thousands, or is it millions, of offices in New York City, less than 8% of them have anybody working in them. Now, according to people who live in New York City, it's dead, and it's dead forever, because businesses are closing down massively and leaving. And I, Everybody around New York is going to be suffering from this, because there are over a quarter million large corporation they're not furloughing people anymore people who have been furloughed you know where they say yeah we'll bring you back in, in a couple months no they're they're actually firing them we're gonna have to let you go boom and it, this is this is going to devastate new york city it is destroyed it's because it has both a communist mayor and a communist governor in san francisco I lived in San Francisco in the corner of Hayton Ashbury when I was uh, real young. Half of the stores in San Francisco are closed and are not going to be reopening. These people are going to be going somewhere else. I don't know. We don't know what's going to be happening to all these people that have been forced to close their stores. I know mortgage delinquencies are at a decade high right now. People don't, they're not working. How the hell are they going to pay their rent? Well, you, you you can't be evicted right now, so you can't pay your rent. So now you can't pay your rent, and, and the uh, your landlord can't pay his mortgage on the property. So what's going to happen? Oh, by the way, all of these, these um, bills that get passed by city, county, state, federal that say you don't have to pay your rent, they're not saying forever. They're saying you'll have to pay all of your rent that you owe when this is over. I don't think that's going to go over real well. <laughs> now we're, we're going to get into the food and health department. The first thing we're going to go into is food. I have spent the last 20 years telling everybody to stock up on food for an emergency. Right now in China, there is such a food crisis. They are going, they're going insane with the propaganda. Now, when I was a kid, there was always the clean your plate, there's children starving in China or, or India or something, right? Yeah, that was a joke. But uh, it's real now. And in China, they're going through dumpsters and taking food out, putting it in bins, grinding it up and recooking it and making it making food for people. This is how bad it is. China is going to get into such a position if things don't change fast, and, and they're not going to change. They're going to have to invade. They're going to have to start a war just so that they can survive. This is standard procedure for nations that start going that start starving. They have to go somewhere else to get their food. North Koreans, uh, King, Kim Jong-un, or whatever the fat guy's name is, has passed an order that you're no longer allowed to keep pet dogs turn them all in we're going to have to eat them oh yes we'll put some of them in a museum so people can remember what a dog looks like and put him in a zoo but uh, everyone has to turn over their dogs now because they need food north korea in the united states alone just the united states 
in the past year, we have lost, I don't know, millions and millions of acres of crops destroyed. Now, I've got a, I've got a clip that I'm going to play in a minute uh, from the uh, Ice Age Farmer. And it's two, two clips. One of them just came out, and I wanted to tag that with the first one because this is happening all over the world, what you're going to find out about. And i got to tell you, I spent 13 years in, the, in uh, uh, Sacramento Valley. Sacramento area in California was world famous for sugar beet production. Sugar beets is what sugar is, is taken from. Now, you wouldn't know what, the, what a sugar beet is if you saw one. These things are the size of a squashed foot uh, ba- um, basketball. Like literally, that's how big they are. Nobody eats them; they're all ground up and turned into sugar. There were millions of acres in California that they were growing sugar beets on. Now, those millions of acres are condominiums, they're apartment complexes, they're malls, and that's been happening all over the United States. Let's see, speaking of California, in Modesto is Tyson's Chicken Plant. This is one of the largest in the United States. Well, they've just been ordered to shut down. Tyson's Chicken has been ordered to shut down in California. They're closing all of these processing plants. U.S. frozen pork supplies. This is when they butcher pigs They because they can't process everything at once. They freeze them. It's hanging beef, hanging pork, hanging beef. U.S. frozen pork supplies, lowest supply in 10 years. And then you're adding to this lack of supplies of certain products, certain foods. We're still getting salmonella outbreaks like crazy. Salmonella, now latest, I I get briefings from the Department of Homeland Security a dozen times a day. They don't know who I am. (laughs) <laughs> they think I'm somebody who, who, who's important, so they keep sending me the, all this information. Well, we have salmonella outbreaks weekly. And salmonella comes from human feces. They don't wash their hands. The two largest, the two largest groups that handle almost all of the food production in the United States are Muslims and Mexicans. Muslims wipe their butt with their left hand. I'm not joking. Look it up yourself. Talk to them. And they'll tell you, oh, yeah, it's clean, it's clean. Yeah, while we get poisoned. And Mexicans, not all of them, but the majority of them having a concept what hygiene is. So we have salmonella outbreaks linked to peaches, expands to 12 states, western states. Peaches, just now in season, season and every, they're get going everywhere. And not just peaches, onions. You're being poisoned. You know, any, I don't care what you eat. I don't care what you buy, uh, food, food-wise. Wash it well before you use it. Now, I'm going to have you listen to uh, these two clips, which I'm putting together from the Ice Age Farmer. It's happening. California has started ordering meat plants to, again, shut down. Migrant workers are walking off of the job across Michigan due to the new mandatory COVID-19 testing there that went into effect this week. 
With meat plants shutting down and farms without harvest labor, we are looking at the engineered shutdown of the U.S. food production system. And a lot of this is happening globally. Following a state emergency order requiring baseline COVID-19 testing for certain agriculture workers in Michigan, a number of seasonal and migrant laborers at several Michigan operations did not come back into work this week. And they're pulling out of the state and they're just leaving because they don't want to be a part of this. And that's the big concern. I mean, of course, it's affecting all of us. It's difficult because I'm down personnel. And Merced County this week ordered Foster Farms processing plant in California to be shut down due to COVID-19 outbreak there. We read, quote, the Merced County Health Department ordered the Foster Farms Livingston facility to shut down over the largest and most severe COVID-19 outbreak in Merced County. At least 358 employees have tested positive, according to their letter. Quote, Foster Farms poultry operation in Livingston has experienced an alarming spread of COVID-19 among the workers. Nobody can ignore the facts. It's time to hit the reset button on Foster Farms Livingston plant. Well, hit the reset button is an interesting turn of phrase, don't you think? It sounds a lot like, let's see who's saying that after all. Oh, it's California Attorney General Xavier Becerra. California Attorney General, don't be fooled. That is a well-connected position. Someone in that seat is an acolyte of the New World Order. After all, Kamala Harris was just sitting there a mere few years ago before she went off into the Senate. So this gentleman, Becerra, when he says we're hitting the reset button on our meatpacking factories here in California, that is a tip of the hat to the folks, the globalists at the World Economic Forum and their great reset, the blitzkrieg of totalitarian agendas that have been in the works for decades now but are all launching forward right now given the pandemic. That is a wink of the eye to the Rockefellers over at the Rockefeller Foundation and their new Reset the Table plan that describes a complete reformatting and technocratic takeover and no free market of the U.S. food system here to out. This echoes the EU farm to fork policy and the, uh, the same around the world at this point. But when we see Becerra say we need to hit that reset button on California's agriculture, it's not even coded. It is a direct reference. He's letting you know that this is part of playing into that agenda to take total control. And it is. It is. So this is going to continue. I hope this letter helps you understand that you have a legal obligation to comply with my orders and my guidance. We read down here a little bit of context. On June 29th, we had given some recommendations, some guidance to Foster Farms, but we sent in Cal OSHA in the beginning of the month, August, and we noticed that they hadn't taken our advice to implement stringent social distancing and drop their production down to unprofitable levels. So now we're just going to close them down. That's the only option at this point. This is something that we can expect to continue. After all, this is why Gruesome Newsome sent out farm strike teams to do exactly what we're reading here of the Foster Farms factory at all of the smaller farms and operations across the Central Valley. A similar story is playing out in Michigan, where Whitmer, as of Monday, had instituted mandatory COVID-19 testing for all migrant farm workers, which is already pretty sketchy. It's very divisive because that means, as we'll read down here, that only Latinos have to take the tests. There are Americans who don't because they're not considered migrant farm workers. Boy, if we can just mix, inject racism and all these other concepts and they're just muddy the waters as much as we want. Maybe no one will notice that we're shutting down the food supply. From Michigan Farm News, quote, dozens of Michigan farm workers are leaving unpicked fields and orchards. 
They say it's driven by the state's new emergency order requiring mandatory testing for COVID-19. We hear from some blueberry farms like True Blueberry Management who lost 150 employees that just left to go work in states where they didn't have mandatory COVID-19 testing. In Bangor, another story, 14 employees left a heritage blueberry farm there. In fact, it's so widespread, quote, everyone is affected, according to Manuel Morales, who went on to say they don't want to do the test. I don't want to do the test. I was in Florida early in this year. We didn't have to do the test. Why do we have to in Michigan? But because of Whitmer, because she wants us to, and it's only Latinos. Why? I work with American people. They're not getting tested. You see how ridiculous this is? Of course, there has been an appeal, and then a higher court has already overturned that appeal, meaning that they are keeping this mandatory testing of farm workers there. There are many advocacy groups I went through in my last video, and I gave you advice. Just go to a search engine and check your state, and then farm worker COVID-19 protections, and you will probably see that there are advocacy groups working to institute mandatory COVID-19 tests to protect the farm workers. Only now that it's happening, and now that the farm workers are leaving when, the, when that happens, we can tell that's not what they want. They're telling us, we want testing. We're leaving because of the testing. So this whole pretense is now shot. It's dead in the water. And we can tell that what's going on here is a shutdown of our food supply. This has nothing to do with protecting farm workers from COVID-19. This has to do with shutting down the meat plants in California, hitting the reset button on our food supply. What do they expect us to eat when they shut down the meat plants and close the farms? Are we supposed to eat air? Yeah, that's actually that's actually what they recommend. One of the World Economic Forum's portfolio companies for 2020 is airprotein.com. And they do synthesize a protein-like substance by scrubbing carbon dioxide out of the air and then running it through some synthetic fermentation culture-like thing. It does, it's just disgusting. I mean, it's fascinating, but this is not natural, real food. This is synthetic nonsense that they're telling us we're going to be eating going forward. Here's another of the World Economic Forum's 2020 portfolio companies, Yappa and their protein crisps. Oh, rethinking snacks for good. Well, what's a Yappa crisp? It's delicious. It's chef-composed crisps with rescued veggies, spent grains, and upcycled chicken breast. Wait a minute, that, that sounds like trash. It is trash! Christian, we're super excited. We're all going to be doing this for good. and you're, It's made by a chef. It's on Indiegogo here because it's some you know teenager's brilliant idea in his basement of how to save the world from excessive food waste. And so it's an indie project and we can go, go make it happen. Maybe give the guy 20 to... No, wait a minute. What's this down here? No, it's not. It's not indie at all. That's a ruse, complete magic on top of what's actually going on. Yappa crisps, we read here on the Indiegogo funding site, stunning, uh, were created by the Tyson Innovation Lab. That's right, it's a multi-billion dollar multinational company who was in an advisory role to the World Economic Foundation in crafting their policies to overturn the global food supply. Tyson, as we know, has invested tens, hundreds of millions of dollars over the past decade into fake meat, both plant-based meals and synthetic lab-grown meat, as you can see here with an Israeli startup that they're funding. Tyson's knows what's going on, and they're in on the game and they're ahead of the game and they're pushing forward that meatless agenda, that ending of animal agriculture. And there's other upcycled food coming on the market right now. All of it endorsed 
by the World Economic Foundation and the United Nations. You saw the United Nations yesterday say, hey, Impossible Foods, great job, guys, way to go. You should definitely be eating that dog food over there. Here from regrained.com, we take spent grains that were already used to make beer, and then we dry them out and we do some stuff to it, and we sell it back to you. It's upcycled grains now. We call it regrained. We can go the other way, actually. We can we can take leftover bread, and then we can take that and make beer from that, too. We'll just, we'll just mess it all up. This is a complete bastardization of the entire food supply. They don't want anybody to know where anything comes from at all. That's why the USDA was removing their accuracy requirements for labels, and people with food allergies are freaking out. This is why Harvard, at the Food Ethics Legal, this is law professors at Harvard are writing the FDA and saying, you don't need to tell people that this isn't real beef. We can just call this lab-grown beef, right? You're cool with that? No one can really tell the difference at this point. And so if we've built a sufficiently advanced facsimile, we can just start lying, right? They literally just want to lie to you. And they <laughs> they petitioned because they called it free speech to lie. And I'm not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. When I talk about this wholesale technocratic attempt to take over the food supply and replace it with synthetic upcycled nonsense, look at this company called the Not Company, meaning it's not really dairy. It's not really milk. They call themselves a food replacement company. Reading from the article TechCrunch, quote, in the past five years, VCs have thrown almost $10 billion to the aim of replacing traditional methods of growing and distributing the world's food. That's it. $10 billion to fund the replacement of agriculture. There's not hiding this at all. The Knot Company, near Santiago, may seem like an unlikely rising contender in this multi-billion dollar business of food replacement. They're not hiding it at all. It's a food replacement industry at this point to shut down the farms, to end animal agriculture, and to make you eat trash. It's a lot of money in that game. When you're playing by the UN's rules, you get all sorts of awards and accolades. They call you a pioneer, a tech pioneer from the World Economic Foundation. But we all know it's just because you are enabling the satanic agenda to roll forward. And we've seen that the same people who are tipping the hat and winking about the Great Reset are now saying, hey, we're going to use our position here in California to reset agriculture. We're going to shut down the farms, institute mandatory testing, which is going to send the harvest labor home, depriving farms of the harvest labor they need. And of course, that means there's a series of effects that means. That means there's no food because they didn't harvest it. It's still there in the fields. That means that the farms aren't going to make revenue this year. And so a, a large number of them, especially after the terrible season last year and the continuing credit crunch, are going to go bankrupt. This is by design. They're pushing farmers and ranchers into bankruptcy. And then as we read from that article, actually, the most concerning, the, the, the farmer's biggest concern was that Whitmer had stuck a stick into the spoke of agriculture, into the patterns that these migrant workers follow, because they'll come back to your farm next year if they like you. And, you know, there's a pattern there. But now they're shaking it all up. And so this farmer said, my biggest concern, quote, are they going to come back next year? Or did I just lose my operational continuity? And indeed, this farmer asking that question tells you everything you need to know. This is a shutdown and one with lasting effects of our food supply. Years ago, there was a movie called Soylent Green Made. You have to watch it. You really should because it's no longer part of science fiction. It's actually starting to predict the future. Soylent Green is made out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them, Silent Green is people! 
food seems to be spontaneously combusting around the world right now. As the efforts to engineer food scarcity are ramping up and the controlled demolition of global agriculture is marching forward, this is a crazy week this week with food, factories and warehouses, sugar refineries, grain elevators, all exploding, just literally burning to the ground. After the port of Beirut there burned down, taking out 85% of Lebanon's grain stores, uh, and then a train derailed last week where 37 cars of corn just spilled out onto the ground, wasted. We said, man, it seems like there's a lot of accidents around food right now. You may need to be careful. It's very dangerous, especially food storage. And I want to start in Essex, where a massive warehouse burned down yesterday. And we read that a huge blaze ripped through a food factory in Essex late yesterday night, caused high flames and huge clouds of smoke. The building, which had 100 firefighters over 16 crews at the peak of the incident, burned completely down. There was nothing left of it. So the warehouse has almost completely been destroyed. Only small sections of the external wall still standing. Nothing in it for sure. So what was this building that burned down and Authorities are still trying to investigate what happened there. This was Kent Foods Limited's brand new 2015 purpose-built flagship depot. It has 2 million cubic feet of storage space from whence we supply the entire southeast of England. They could fit 230 London buses in there, or they could, but they had lots of food, all of which is now gone. And now they don't have their logistics hub, and they're not going to be supplying the entire southeast of England going forward. Kent Foods Limited, obviously a major producer, and distributor in the UK. We're just seeing the infrastructure of our food system exploded right from underneath us while we're still depending on it. In New Orleans, the Domino Sugar Factory caught fire yesterday. Not the factory itself, but the sugar storage silos, which are 10 stories high and had sugar in. The fire broke out, quote, in one of two 10-story silos on the property, which the fire department says were packed full of sugar. Employees were evacuated, and obviously the 10 stories worth of sugar that were stored in these silos is way now as further exacerbates the sugar shortage here in the United States. Ever since we lost our most of our sugar beet crop uh, last year in the early September blizzard that went through Idaho. You know, we saw co-ops leaving mountains of sugar beets out there just unharvested because they were ruined. All right, let's keep going because this one is the most significant in Iowa on the heels of the derecho 18 days ago, which plowed through the very heart of the corn belt. Iowa is sixth, so 16% roughly of the U.S. corn production. The U.S., of course, is 40% of the corn production in the world. So you could not have shot weather warfare storms any more effectively through the heart of global corn production than this derecho did right through the middle of the corn belt, straight through the middle of Iowa. The explosion happened at Ag Partners in Royal Iowa around 3.30 p.m. This video was sent in by a viewer. It captures the moment the grain elevator exploded in Royal, which is a town of more than 400 people southwest of Spencer, Iowa, in Clay County. First responders from Everly, Spencer, Peterson, and other nearby communities were on the scene tonight waiting for a structural engineer who is surveying the extent of damage to the facility. Crews went door-to-door in the community after the explosion to check on residents and distribute water where needed. Power to homes in the area was shut down for a while, but was later restored. There was smoke coming from just about every place on the elevator. I don't know if it was after effect of the explosion or something's on fire, but... 
First responders from Royal and surrounding communities had previously done walkthroughs at this very facility for training. And what we need to emphasize here is that this is on top of, this is a compounding disaster on top of a massive drought they've been enduring there. Farmers are assessing their fields on top of the fact that 96% of the state is experiencing drought conditions. And then we had the derecho. So the USDA now says 14 million acres of crop were affected by the derecho. Severely damaged accounts 4 million acres of corn and 2.5 million acres of soybean. On top of all that, Iowa experiencing the most widespread drought on record since 2013. The crop damage is probably the worst I've ever seen. Largest area of damage, multiple problems, cascading failures. You can see how these things are mounting here. Uh, And we're not going to know for sure the total damage until next harvest. But again, stepping back, during the derecho, we saw picture after picture. It wasn't just the corn that was knocked over in the fields. It was grain bin after grain bin destroyed, knocked over. All of the on-farm storage for grains in this 100-mile swath of Iowa was destroyed. That means that farmers now have no place to store their grains. In fact, Chuck Grassley here is saying many grain bins were destroyed during the derecho. This means farmers don't have the ability to keep their grains anymore, so they have to take them to grain elevators, which are suddenly exploding. So you see, piece after piece is falling here, and the very infrastructure that feeds the nation is being destroyed. We saw that that California is ordering meat plants to shut down. Ontario and parts of Michigan are mandating COVID-19 testing, and that's spreading throughout the U.S. right now, which is then being used as an excuse to shut down farms. So if you can't shut down a farm because of a virus, if you can't order the meat plants closed, if you can't send weather warfare through and take out 14 million acres of crops in a single land hurricane, well, you just burn down the grain elevator. You just explode the silos in Beirut. You just burn everything down. And this is, uh, this is what we're experiencing here. I think it's pretty clear when you see these things all happening every day that this is a systematic destruction of the systems that feed us because we know they're hitting the reset button on the food supply. They're tearing down the old so that they can build from the ashes, the phoenix of the new world order rising. And uh, the governments are not taking steps as we enter the grand solar minimum to ensure that we had food stocked away that we could feed the population. No, they, they, they know this was going to happen and they are seizing on that opportunity to hit the reset button. And take total control. So when we see Bloomberg saying, hey, just like 9-11 meant that we needed to form the Department of Homeland Security, now COVID-19 means we need a federal agency to oversee food. That's not because they care about you. That's because the Rockefellers are calling for a federal agency to ensure nutritional security. They want guaranteed universal basic income, universal basic nutritional supplements. They just want total communism all over the world. And that's what they're implementing right now. The three companies he talked about, the uh, Air Protein, Notco, and Regrained, I'm going to have links to them. And you're going to see that and understand why I played the Soylent Green clip. All right, now we're going into the health department. A lot of you have heard this week uh, that the CDC came out and and actually uh, let everyone know that 94% of COVID-19 deaths had contributing medical conditions. Boy, that was, they didn't come out and say that. That was known for months and months and months and months, and it's just been kept secret. Well, it's blowing everything sky high now. And the truth is the matter is, is this, is that people are not dying from COVID-19. They're dying from a comorbidity. That means, a comorbidity means presence of more than one medical condition in a patient. So what's happening is COVID-19 kind of acts like a amplifier. If you're fairly healthy, 
and you don't do things stupid, and you have no other diseases, well, if you get this so-called COVID-19, you probably won't even know it. Or you feel real sick for a few days, or you have a uh, a cough that doesn't want to go away, or any number of minor things that you'll just say, oh, that's the, this is the flu. But if you have other diseases, that's what's happening. So 94% of the people who have, who hospitals and doctors have claimed have died from COVID-19 is fraudulent. It's fraudulent. 6% of the deaths of COVID-19 is real, and that's it. And what's happening is the people, the hospitals, are uh, they're driving up all of the numbers. I told you about this friend of mine in Florida. He's a mortician, and, and you know somebody gets shot in the head. They, they claim he died from COVID-19 complications. Motorcycle accident, COVID-19 complications. This is fraud. The other thing is all of these tests, the tests are not... A, I talked about this test, the PERS test. It's not real. It is not made to test for COVID-19. What it does is it tests for common cold. So if you test positive, all it says is that, well, you know, at one time or another, you had some coronavirus. And this is why you see hundreds of thousands of people in the United States test positive, quote-unquote. And then on top of that, most of the tests that have been coming out different companies manufacturing tests for the COVID-19. The FDA is warning that most of these tests are are giving false positive. Now I've got more information on hydroxychloroquine and it's, it's, this is astounding. There's so much out there that says HCQ could have saved tens of thousands of lives all over the world if they'd been allowed to use it. In fact, the countries that are using HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, well, they use that and zinc and an antibiotic, and there's various ones they use. 80% lower mortality rate. This is, this is insulting. This is insulting to the human race that we've allowed ourselves to get to this position. See, this is the key. In, I was raised in the Klamath Reservation, and one of the sayings that the Indians had there was, and I, I'll put it mildly because I'm on the air, uh, crap happens if you let it. And we have been allowing altogether too much crap to happen to us because we've been raised as good little sheeps. Good, good sheeps. In fact, my son had his first uh, meeting with a, a, a mask hole. Well, you know what an a-hole is. Well, this is a mask hole. He goes into a place to get some food, and here's this uh, old couple in their 50s, and they start uh, being snide and rude and insulting to him because he's, he's not responsible enough to wear a mask, to keep us safe. He's going to kill people. And, you know, I, well, he handled it very nicely. He's, he's much more diplomatic than I am, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, see, me, when, when I go someplace and they say, uh, why aren't you wearing a mask or do you need a mask? I, I tell them, I said, I'm part of the control group. And, and they just look at me and I just keep walking. If I want to be nice, I'll just say I have a medical. You know, you know, or, or you know, there's different things. It just depends on my mood, and uh, if I have the time to waste to screw with someone, this is all fraud, and we we know it. Everyone around knows it. Unfortunately, this is the giant grab of power that all the communists in the United States have. Now, again, break it down. Every Democrat is a communist, so every single person who's pulling this crap is a Democrat. Any Republicans polling it? Well, they were a Democrat until nobody, no Republican was running for that office they wanted. And then they changed themselves to Republican. Well, you know, philosophy is a philosophy. And they still have the communist philosophy in their mind. 
doctors are trying to figure out now how they can force people to take the vaccine that's coming. There's going to be all kinds of different ways that they do it. And I've talked about the uh, think tank. Um, I don't know how many shows ago about the think tank that the U.S. government is putting together to figure out how to brainwash people into taking the shot, whatever the shot is. I told you many times about, and this is 20 years ago, up here in Coeur d'Alene, I was approached by one of the heads of the uh, Panhandle Health Department, and they wanted me to put together a group of of, uh, licensed concealed carry uh, permit holders to guard the inoculation areas. And I said, what What are you talking about? He goes, well, we're going to be have mandatory vaccinations soon. And I said, from what? And he goes, doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. It'll be something. But we're going to have to have mandatory vaccinations. So we're not going to have law enforcement to be able to guard everyone and to keep radicals from uh, causing problems. So we're going to try and get Idaho citizens to uh, guard these places. <laughs> Virginia is planning mandatory vaccinations for COVID-19. That's Virginia. Virginia is psychotic. It's, it's controlled by communists. They do so much stupid, weird things there. It's ridiculous. And a lot of different states are trying to figure out what they can do to you if you refuse a vaccine. They can tell you, well, you can't go to school. You can't go to work. I'm sorry. You can't go to work. You can't, go, you can't uh, get a driver's license if you don't have proof that you have the vaccine. You've taken the vaccine. You, you can't get insurance because no insurance company will insure somebody too stupid to protect themselves by simply taking a vaccine. It, and it goes downhill from there. That's just at the top of it. It gets heavier the further down we go. They're working right now in the United States on mandatory detention centers, quarantine camps. This is real, what I'm saying, and every single state is, is working through this. Right now, New Zealand just rolled it out. Mandatory quarantine camps. Mandatory. So if you get sick, now you know your cell phone you have? That cell phone is going to be interconnected to everything that all the data about you that exists, including your health data. And if you have tested positive for for COVID, for any coronavirus, they can come and they will take you. And uh, they will put you in a quarantine camp. Because after all, we are good little sheep, right? And we'll allow anything like this to happen, won't we? So you know that um, the Chicago mayor, the, the lesbian that's married to a transvestite psychotic uh, I'm serious. This is that's real. Uh, she's she's the mayor, or I don't know if it's a she. I, I I forget what she decided to, to be. But she built a a uh, COVID center because after all, Chicago is going to be destroyed by this this virus, and it cost sixty six million dollars. Sixty six million dollars. Let's see. What did they have? They had uh, thirty eight patients. Thirty eight patients at St. Louis though built a, a temporary morgue. Well, that, that only cost them $2 million because they knew all kinds of people were going to be dying. They had 58 people in there, in this morgue. In the UK, now this is where they're not allowed to have firearms. See, any country where you're not allowed to have a gun, because in the United States, not only can you have a gun, you can stand up with it and say no. You can't do that in the UK. So on Zoom, that's that Chinese-controlled, communist Chinese, those two words are embedded together communist Chinese app called Zoom girl was having a um, birthday party and the police saw that and they kicked the door down and arrested everybody because 
they're in violation of COVID-19 restrictions. And by the way, the World Health Organization has a whole building full of trolls. A troll is somebody who listens in on phone calls or on the internet, goes to chat rooms, Facebook, Twitter, and looks for people who have quote-unquote fake COVID-19 news. Now, fake COVID-19 news is defined as anything that is against the establishment's, got my nose fixed, now my lips don't work, establishment's idea. It's that simple. This is what the World Health Organization is doing. This is war. And it is a kind of war that is won by two things. One, having people stupid enough to fall for anything. And two, having very well-trained brainwashers out there that are um, putting out all this propaganda. And that's, after all, what the United States has been turned into, hasn't it? A bunch of sheep. What, a, what else but a bunch of sheep would allow the liberal psychosis? And that's the category we're going into now. You won't, you won't believe the category of a liberal psychosis has so much psychosis in it. This is direct break with reality and evil in it. I can't even categorize it and put it in order. So in no specific order, I'm going to read you these bills, these things, these these the stuff that's happening with the communists in the United States or liberals or progressive or Democrats. They're all the same. Let's see, in Virginia, they passed a bill that uh, it's no longer a felony to assault a police officer. A Black, <laughs> a Black Lives Matter activist, one of the lower forms of humanoid life, was uh, just arrested in San Diego. Uh, he's from Indiana, and he's been in dozens of these BLM protests, and his job is to uh, attack the police. He's being charged with 19 felonies for attacking and tear gassing the police. In San Diego, the California Senate has decided they're tired of wasting time having any of the Republicans in the Senate even talk on various bills. So what they're doing is limiting uh, debate and basically banning the Republicans from the state capitol. The the, uh, communists now are full in charge of the the, uh, Sacramento state capitol, and they will be passing bills regardless of any opinion from any Republican in any way, shape, or form. This is new. They've taken the gloves off. They no longer are pretending that they, uh, they're they in charge. Now they are actually taking it and saying, that's it. Now you have, <clears throat> again, the land of California is often referred to as the land of fruits and nuts. So one of these fruits is in California legislation, and he's a he's a sexual pervert. And he's decided that uh, it's it's not it's not appropriate for uh, teenagers to be forced onto the uh, sex offender registry just for having sex with each other. So, and I'm talking boys to boys, girls to girls, that kind of thing. So he's he's uh, got a bill forward, and it's already passed the Senate and it's passed the House, and it makes it extremely hard for a sex offender to actually be put on the registry. And I I, I watched him justify this and he was saying well what happens if an 18 year old boy has a boyfriend who's 15 years old and they have sex well that 18 year old should not be forced to be put on a sex offender list just because uh, he's doing what comes natural this is california speaking as perverted uh disneyland has decided that they're going to uh continue what they have started 
with the sexual perversion. Uh, they're, they decided to introduce their first bisexual cartoon character. It's a Disney series called The Owl House, and it has a bisexual character in it now. In other words, a switch hitter. Well, district attorney in California. Oh, this is... I saw this and I thought, you know, that's that's specifically socialism from each according to their ability to each according to their need. So the California district attorney wants prosecutors to consider the personal needs of people arrested for looting when determining how to charge them. Well, what if the looting was so that they could get stuff that they could sell so they could feed their family? Well, you've got to take that into consideration. Well, this is something that is very strange in the past 20 years. Now, look, all, all through history, kids have grown up and they've, and they've developed not necessarily, I don't want to use the word their own language, but they've developed a lot of slang words. And, you know, every generation has their own slang words that they use. And, and now we have in this generation that's alive now, punctuation is not acceptable because it's racist and it intimidates them and triggers them. Like, never use a period, because that's that's too much for us hypersensitive snowflakes to handle. I, I, now, look, I have a link to everything that I'm talking about. So, you get the joy of going there and saying, what the hell? Yeah, okay. Now, there is a bill that's being put forward, and it, it uh, who knows what happens with it, but anybody who's caught rioting will lose all unemployment benefits. And that includes the freebie the government is using to pay off, to pay people to, to be quiet and stop bitching so much. Concerning Fox News, and I've spoken of this before, but it's gotten to the point. Now, look, Trump is being, he is going to be attacked like you have never seen anyone in the world be attacked in the next two months. There is stuff being dreamed up that has nothing to do with reality, totally 100% fake, and it's being pushed by even Fox News. Fox comes out and says says they're fair and balanced. Yet they have these guys on there who are screaming communists. Jessica Tarlov, Marie Harf, Richard Fowler, and Juan Williams. These people are mouthpieces for the Communist Party. And they're on Fox News. And there's more. There's Donna Brazil. She is a racist black woman who hates whites. And Fox News has her on. There was this... Uh, Man and woman had a, had a son, and uh, they got divorced because the, the woman is just too, she's a uh, sexual pervert, and wants to turn her little boy into, he's eight years old, by the way, wants to turn him into a girl. So, I mean, they want to do the whole nine yards. They want to cut it off, poke, tuck it under, uh, turn him as m- much as they can into a female. And the judge said, okay, you have that right. The man was fighting it in court. He said, no, no, my son should be a son. And what he was born as, and, and the judge said, nope, I think you're right. I let, let him be a girl. That's his choice. He's eight-year-old. Eight years old. How is he going to make a choice? New England Journal of Medicine, and this is another liberal psychotic organization. They, they claim that they are the most prestigious peer-reviewed medical journal in the world. So they are coming, and I mentioned this also, they, they have decided that they're going to come out and they're going to develop a plan to where nobody can buy anything or sell anything unless they can prove they have a vaccination. I, this should be over in the health department, but it just sort of slipped its way in here. People in New York City have been, have been let's just say, upset since their communist mayor shut the place down. One of the bars in there, in, in uh, New York City, 
started a petition against Kumo because he he has a food mandate that you you, you gotta you, you gotta eat you can only eat certain things in certain areas. I mean he's he's psychotic, right? So so uh, Kumo had the guy's uh, license pulled. You're not allowed to say something against Kumo. Now there's a lot of people, I, and I said this before, that are complaining that uh, New York City is a crap hole. And here's a little more about that. 420,000 New Yorkers moved out of the city between March 1st and May 1st. Between May and July, there was a 95% year-on-year increase in people expressing interest in moving out of Manhattan. And according to Governor Andrew Cuomo, it looks like most who fled from COVID aren't coming back. I am also witnessing many, many of my friends leaving. These are basically upper middle class and wealthy people. They're the tax base of the city. Given that the wealthy 1% pay half of the state's taxes, that leaves a huge financial black hole. It's starting to look like the dark days of the 1970s are on their way back. Once considered the safest big city in America, crime is now rising dramatically. All our friends are moving out as well. We're also really missing the city that we had, and that's not the city that it is at the moment. Perhaps the most draconian coronavirus lockdown in America is a major factor for the exodus. But it's not the only one. Why is the Big Apple going rotten? Well, prepare to be shocked, because it turns out that emptying all the prisons of criminals leads to an increase in crime. I know, I couldn't believe it either, but it's true. Citing the threat of COVID-19, Mayor de Blasio set free 2,000 prisoners. 50 of the first 1,500 to be released were quickly rearrested. One of those was a rapist who tried to rape again. Another was a convicted murderer who tried to rob a bank. Citing the fact that there's plenty of space in New York's jails for social distancing, the New York Post editorial board even accused de Blasio of, quote, letting folks out for ideological reasons and public safety be damned. In the same week that shootings surged 277%, de Blasio had the nerve to get on television and celebrate New York's record low prison population. We now have fewer people in our jails than any time since World War II. And we are safer for it. Safer for it? Is that some kind of sick joke? People said that if we reduced incarceration and ended the era of mass incarceration, we would be endangered. It was the other way around. No, it wasn't. Compared to the same month last year, overall shootings for July have spiked 177%. Murders are up 59%. Burglaries are up 31%. Between Thursday and Saturday last week, 49 people were shot in a 48-hour period. That's five times more than the same period last year. That rivals Chicago levels. President Trump is hinting at a possible federal intervention after another surge in shootings across New York City. A seven-year-old girl was wounded and a 19-year-old woman was murdered. And we are safer for it. There have been 1,087 shooting victims so far in 2020. That's compared to 577 for the same period last year. A 40-year-old man was shot while waiting for his train on the platform at Grand Central Terminal. Cops released this video of the suspected gunman. 50 shootings in the past 48 hours, with gun violence in New York continuing to rage on with no end in sight. And we are safer for it. On Tuesday night, nine more people were shot in five separate incidents across Queens, Brooklyn, and Manhattan in a matter of hours. And we are safer for it. Residents are panic buying bulletproof vests. Midtown dealer Brad Padell says sales of body armor are up 80%. He told the New York Post, quote, you wouldn't believe the people who call up and say, I'm scared. And how did Governor Cuomo react to all this? By blaming the police. Denial 
is not a successful life strategy. By blaming the same NYPD that he and de Blasio have trashed, undermined, stripped of power and defunded. You cannot dismiss these numbers. Over 90% of the victims are black and brown. Yeah, I wonder why 90% of the victims are black and brown. Could it possibly be? because they're all shooting each other. Could it possibly be because your mate de Blasio let them all out of jail? And we are safer for it. And none of this is confined to the poorer areas. When compared to the same period last year, Manhattan's Upper East Side has seen a 286% increase in robberies. And those thinking they can escape all this by fleeing to the Upper West Side well, they can think again. That's become a dumping ground for hundreds of homeless people who the city has put up in luxury hotels in an attempt to keep shelters clear of COVID-19. 139 of the city's iconic hotels have been turned over to help house these most unwelcome neighbours. The city in FEMA is paying $175 per day per person. In Times Square, seemingly homeless people are sprawled out where pedestrians would typically walk and gather. She recently took these pictures of a needle and what appears to be a bag of heroin. There are people defecating on the streets. There are people selling drugs on the streets. There are people using telephone booths as their office. I mean, it's incredible what's going on. Now, it would be snobbish and condescending for the wealthy to assume that they could live in a major city without witnessing homelessness. The city got caught housing registered sex offenders just a block away from a children's playground. Residents say they're living in fear of homeless people being aggressively intimidating, spitting at them, verbally abusing them, and urinating on the street the mayor of new york city he's killing the city and he's an idiot i couldn't have put it any better than than that guy did all right now we're going to get into a subsection of the liberal psychosis psychosis and i I call it commie racism so and again i I don't have them in order it's just a whole bunch of stuff that that is referring to uh the the typical communist racist that's out there and the black racists that are out there and the riots and and all of this crap so this black guy was was shot in kenosha he was walking around his car the police were there they had their guns out on him he opens the door to the car reaches in for a knife and he gets seven bullets in him well those must have been rubber bullets because he's alive and as a matter of fact they got a gun go fund me page for this low-life piece of crap and he's garbage this guy he is gutter trash Got over $3 million in his GoFundMe page so far. Now, let me tell you what happened. That same day, the same situation occurred earlier, and the guy got into the car, the black guy got into his car, and come out shooting. So these cops were ready for him to pull something like that. I don't know why would any, anybody would be dumb enough to put themselves in this position, but there's a couple eating outside in a restaurant. And this is D.C., Washington, D.C., and I, again, I don't understand why somebody would put themselves in a position. You can hear the communists coming down the street chanting and yelling and screaming. So these Black Lives Matter, which Black Lives obviously don't matter because 90% of these protesters most of the time are white. Well, they go to this restaurant and they're trying to force people to to uh, raise their right fist in solidarity solidarity with the, these uh, scum. And this woman refuses to do that. And they're screaming in her face and yelling at her and all of this stuff. I, I, You know, she's, number one, why are they in that? Why are they there? Why is she sitting there knowing this crap's coming down the street? Number two, where's the police? Oh, I forgot. Washington, D.C. is, mayor is a black racist communist. And then there's another, and I didn't even 
download this at all to play for you because I didn't want to. It sounded too insane. So there's a Black Lives Matter addressing a bunch of white people saying, you need to do reparations. You need to give us your homes. Leave them and give the homes back back to the blacks because we need them more than you do and it's not fair that you have them. California. California has decided that all whites are racist. And I mean the state has figured this out. So all students in California, all white students, are ordered to attend anti-racism training. And it's illegal for them not to. And that, and I'm I'm watching these riots in Kenosha. You know, my uncle told me, he said, you know, in Oakland, uh, they're going to riot if their team wins. They're going to riot if their team loses. Oakland, California, it's like 95% black. And it has a communist, racist black mayor as well. So Kenosha, CBS, the reporter standing there talking to, to doing this, this live report saying, oh, these are mostly uh, peaceful riots. And behind him, this, this building's burning to the ground. Uh, in fact, the, there's a church there that celebrated Black Lives Matter. And it was for them. It got burnt down. Uh, let's see. Department of Homeland Security. Well, Trump has come out and, and warned, basically, Chicago and Portland saying, you basically are in violation of Title X U.S. Code. And if you don't get your city together and safe for the public, we are going to, by the Constitution, bring in National Guard and give them police powers. So this... Uh, Black racist decided that he wanted to teach Whitey a lesson, so he said, well, I feel, I feel the need to find a white man to kill. So he walks into an AutoZone store and starts stabbing a, a white clerk. Just out of the blue. Yeah. This is called entitlement. Entitlement isn't what most people think. People think entitlement attitude means, oh, you think that the world owes you something. That's part of it. Entitlement also means they have... No repercussions for anything they do because they're above the morals of everyone out there, especially the white people. So they're entitled. Now, this is black entitlement. White entitlement is is pretty much the same, just swapped around a little bit. So these people think that there's nothing going to happen to them because they're right. How could they How could they be wrong when their whole life they've been told they're right? Why they they most of them remember in the second grade when they had a they had a, a uh, a track and field meet out there, and they all got participation awards. Nobody won, and nobody lost, because they're all entitled to fair treatment. So Antifa, right, which is a communist organization, for some stupid reason, allowed to act in the United States. Well, there was this guy, this one of these members that was caught, and he, he wanted to uh, start attacking police, had a flamethrower on his back. And other weapons. He got caught by the police and he curled up and started crying like a little boy. News has come out, information has come out of uh, Chicago. And it's been a warning by the FBI that uh, the gangs in Chicago, which are all black, now there's two or three Mexican ones there, have decided to shoot on sight any cop that has his weapon drawn on a person of color. So any cop in Chicago, which has his duty weapon pulled on a black man, Mexican, who knows, the gangs are ordered to shoot on sight. We'll see how well that goes over. See, the problem the problem with law enforcement is when they get attacked too often, they start getting trigger happy. They get real nervous. 
you have less than two seconds, less than two seconds to make a determination if you're going to pull your trigger as a police officer. And you're going to hear people say, oh, it's five seconds. Oh, it's 10 seconds. Oh, no. It's two seconds. George Floyd. Remember the low-life scum where all this started? And they say he died because these cops asphyxiated him by putting their knee on his neck. He died of a triple lethal dose of fentanyl. It was triply lethal. Oh, let's see. Jacob Blake. Oh, here's that black guy that was walking around his car, got in the car, tried to pull up a knife and got shot seven times. The reason the cops were there in the first place is because there's seven warrants out for his arrest. The um, In Kenosha, because of this low-life scum, the other low-life scum there decided to riot and all this stuff. And I'm sure you know about the, the kid, the 17-year-old kid that was attacked, and he killed two of the attackers and uh, wounded one of them. Well, the uh, district attorney there, and long story short, and if you want to find out about the whole thing, on, I'm sure you can if you haven't already. Long story short is that he was arrested and charged with uh, murder. A couple different, a bunch of different things, right? But he's got a legal team now. That would blow your mind. These people are astounding. Gun owners of America, and, uh, and they're doing this all pro bono. And by the way, I just found out. The gutter trash that was shot seven times in Kenosha, his GoFundMe page, he's at $3.2 million. Well, a bunch of people put up... Uh, there's another uh, website, and I don't know, have the name. It's not GoFundMe, but it's another funding place. Uh, they put up a, a legal fund for him, for the, uh, the boy, the 17-year-old boy. And he's at $325,000, something, something like that. His name's Kyle Rittenhouse. And Discover Card just canceled that website's ability to take their credit cards. You know, like, like MasterCard, Visa, Discover, like they did to Survival Enterprises. They canceled our ability to take credit cards. So Discover Card canceled that website's ability to take credit cards. Well, and they have, they have reasons. I'm sure they have, they have reasons. And it's not because he's white, and it's not because he shot a scum, and it's not because he's not communist. I'm sure it's... By the way, all video analysis of the shooting in Kenosha proves that Kyle Rittenhouse didn't shoot first. He was attacked by a thug with an iron pipe, and somebody in the crowd fired a handgun. Nobody knows where the, he was aiming. But Kyle reacted instantly, and as this, as this, uh, the lowlife attacked him, he, sh- he shot him in the head. Then he went to turn himself in, and the police said, "Well, you know, we don't have time for you right now. Go home." Yeah. Anyway, so this all the video analysis shows that he was he fired in self defense, but that has nothing to do with the communists that are controlling the cities where he is. So, and and here's another. This is like what. Minneapolis, there was a uh, black man and woman, and they were having problems. So uh, they're parked at a, a mall. And the woman says, you know, I had enough of you, and gets out of the car, and the guy shoots himself, kills himself. So the blacks there decided to riot and loot all the stores there. So in, in the, the Oregon riots, right, which they've been going on now for over three months, 
some guy was arrested for arson. The video showing him throwing a Molotov cocktail uh, that started a fire, and, and um, they just put him on probation. By the way, uh, the Oregon State Troopers have been asked, the Oregon State Troopers and the, and the Sheriff's Department and all of the, in, in um, Klamath counties and a couple other counties were asked to come protect Portland, and they all said, nope, because you won't, you won't uh, arrest and charge anyone who, who commits the crimes there. So state troopers have been deputized in Oregon by U.S. Marshals. So they're operating under federal jurisdiction. I don't agree with that. And I do agree with that. I don't agree with that because I don't like federalized law enforcement. But then again, that's all that's going to be able to stop these communists in these communist-controlled states. Speaking of Portland, over 60 911 calls were ignored over one night. Well, what can they do? Portland mayor abandons his residence. He laughs about it. The guy is a, he's a, a sexual pervert communist. He's white, but he's a white racist. I mean, he, he, he hates whites. He brags about how everything he's doing is hurting Trump. You know the Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey? He's agreed to give Boston University Center for Anti-Racist Research a $10 million grant. This center's only been open two months, but this center, the Center for Anti-Racist Research at Boston University, is basically set up under the premise that all whites are racist from birth, blacks can't be racist, and Dorsey being a billionaire has decided to grant them 10 million dollars. I'm going to I'm going to tell you something. I I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times. And I talked about an organization called the Illuminati and how it was founded 3 months before the constitution was signed of uh, the United States of America was signed. And the Illuminati transposed itself into the Democrat Party. I was approached by members of that organization it was, I think, 96, 97, somewhere around there. And I was offered millions. I was offered all the money in the world that I would ever want. I was offered power. I was offered position, money, property. D- the sky's the limit. If I worked with them and I said no, there are so many people out there who came from rags to riches. And I guarantee you these people all said yes. Such as Dorsey. The university, we're going to talk about this a little more next, uh, next show too, but the, uh, there's a university instructor who's warning that if you don't support Black Lives Matter, you'll be dismissed with an F from my class. There was a video, okay, there's a game that blacks play. And I, and, and I talked to you about this probably last week, too. Uh, it's a knockout game. It's where they go and they knock a white person out. And, and I've seen them on video, uh, security video, cell phone video. They, they'll knock somebody out from a 5-year-old child to a 97-year-old woman. And there's one of this black guy running up behind a white man with a brick and uh, yelling, white lives don't matter. The blacks in the United States are creating their own destruction. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about this. They're creating what's going to happen to them. They're doing this on purpose. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They claim that people are racist against them, 
But now, even those who have never in their life thought about being racist against blacks are now starting to fear and hate blacks because of what they've been doing. And the thing that makes it stupid is that blacks are very willing to commit the most heinous crimes on film. In fact, they, they feel they can say anything and do anything and get away with it. I got a clip here of a group of Black Lives Matter scum are in a neighborhood and information came to them somehow that a Ku Klux Klan was having a meeting next door. I, I, I don't know and they don't know. They couldn't prove anything. This one black guy who just got elected as a, uh, a congressman had a few words and this is how they talk. This is how they talk to each other. This is how they talk to everyone else. And then after he's done and finishes eloquent speech, then you're going to hear a clip of what blacks are saying in Oakland. So with that, I'm going to call up our next speaker. I recently said he won his primary election. He's been out on the front lines for many years. Let's give it up for John Thompson. Let me tell you about Blue Lives Matter, all right? Because they didn't come out with Blue Lives Matter until we start saying Black Lives Matter. But unlike you, white man, you can unzip that f***ing costume. I can't unzip this black skin I'm in. I'm a black man being terrorized by this f***ing Klansman right here. We are terrorized by the Grand Wizard. Y'all got the Grand Wizard living in your damn neighborhood. All the Klan exists in Hugo, Minnesota, and it's right here. Don't run now. Don't run now, racist white people. election and y'all can poke call me on this i am going to the state capitol with this same f-ing message that black people are tired of being killed in these streets and y'all defending this shit listen when i tell y'all the kkk ain't never left the state of minnesota as a matter of fact we in clearland right now now y'all run y'all coward ass in the damn garage come on out here racist, white racist motherfuckers So this racist is going to be representing them politically. Well, I guarantee you he's a Democrat, right? Yep. Yeah, so this is the kind of stuff that uh, you people are putting up with in every communist-controlled city in the United States. All right, now we're going to get into government threat. Now, government threat is a category of all things that are going to end up being used by the government to suppress you in one way or the other, to control you, to spy on you, different things. Now, I've always told people, never use any of these DNA services that say, like Ancestry.com, right? So you go to Ancestry.com and uh, you can get a free a free test or some of them actually charge you. And you, you uh, spit in this tube and you send it in and they do a DNA read and they go back in history and they, tr- they find as much as they can about your, your family and your history. And it turns out that all of these companies, not just Ancestry.com, but all of these companies have been giving their data to law enforcement worldwide. 
Well, an investment company has decided to buy Ancestry.com. It's Blackstone uh, Investments. They're, they have a whole bunch of uh, clandestine investments, covert investments. So any of you who are stupid enough to use Ancestry.com, and that's it. I'm not being nice about it. You're an idiot. You know, you don't have to lick the edge of a knife to know it's going to cut your tongue. You don't have to put your hand on top of a fire to know it's going to burn you. You don't have to eat dog crap to know you're not going to like it. And this is, you send them your DNA and you actually think they're not going to make more money out of it by selling it to someone else? I got an article from Department of Homeland Security. I, I told you I get briefings all the time, and one of them, most of them, I don't, I don't pay attention to. Uh, most of them, I just read. Yeah, okay, fine, no big deal. But when it comes to biometrics, I read as much about that as I can get my hands on, and it seems that the uh, Department of Homeland Security is working to modernize collection of biometrics modernized collection now understand this the intent and always has been like in airports it's always been the intent of the deep state that eventually you will simply walk up to a a screen and uh, they'll scan your eye and then they'll say sure go ahead and mount the plane get on the plane that's why they started these Nazi style searches and the TSA and all the crap before you get on a plane. That's why they started it. Because eventually people are going to say, you know, I just want it to be easy and simple. Well, let's not, let's not do, do all this touchy-feely crap. Let's just, I want to scan my eye. In fact, here, put a chip under my skin to where all my information is on this. And I can just wave my hand in front of this, this sensor and, you, and the screen will say yes or no. Why not just make it that simple? Well, the Department of Homeland Security is doing that. They are expanding authorities and methods for collecting biometrics that will establish a defined regulatory purpose. What? Okay, in English, what that means is they're trying to figure out in what use all of these biometric things could be used in. Fingerprints are passe. Some security agencies actually want you to test, prick your finger and test your blood. So they, and I have this, I will have this posted, you can read it, and it's going to tell you that basically 1984 is here. Now, there's a lot of different times that you have read in the newspaper about how a, a, a Chinese guy has been arrested for spying uh, for China, and he's been working at some laboratory for 20 years or some such thing. And there's more. I'm I'm getting more articles here. Former CIA officer charged with spying for China. Michigan College is going to digitally track students. Now, your cell phone, and I've railed on this many times. Your cell phone has tracking capabilities so that uh, it, it, it can know where you are at all times. You know, you just turn on your GPS, and, you, and, I, and I stress the term, turn on. Because my cell phone, I can turn it on or I'll leave it off. I leave it off. So they can't track me that way. 
But college is going to be tracking you. Michigan is, and I guarantee there's a dozen other colleges that are going to be doing the same thing. You download this app that tells the school where you are at all times, including after school. Because they want to determine whether or not you've become infectious, whether or not you were in a group, whether or not you violated COVID standards. Oh, have you ever heard of the term smart speaker? I have friends that have those. I got five of them right over here. It cost me a dollar a piece at yard sales. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, because I'm sure as hell not turning them on. But people get them, they turn them on, they have access to their router, and you talk to them. You know, you, you say, hey, Alexis, uh, play Moody Blues. And okay, so these smart speakers, the law enforcement is asking access to all manufacturers and end companies. Like if it's Google, they contact Google. Uh, these requests have gone up 72% in the past three years. Police are saying, hey, Fred over here, we think he's doing something nasty. You record everything that's said, all the sounds that happen in the local area. This is what they do. I don't know if you know this. All smart speakers are 100% recording at all times. At all times. Whether you have them working or not, you just have it sitting on your counter. It's recording everything that's said in the, in the area. Law enforcement's getting access. It's not a problem. They don't even need warrants. Uh, oh, this is a new thing in a police helmet. Now, I could just, I, I knew this was coming. This is a normal helmet, but it has a, a uh, camera on it. And what this camera does is facial scans. And it scans wherever the cop's looking. It'll scan everybody's face, every, every, every person around there. It'll scan license plates. It'll scan everything. And he'll be alerted if there is, are any indications that there's wants or warrants out on a car or anybody who he's looked at. Isn't that cool? It's like a RoboCop, huh? All right, so you know that the uh, smart speakers are, are being accessed by law enforcement. Here's something else. If you've ever put apps, and I know most of you have, if you've ever put apps on your phone, there will be a, a request that says, this app needs access to blankety-blank, 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 and most people don't even read that. They just say yes. Even a game. You get a game. Some stupid game that people like to shove their heads up and play for hours on end. Well, it asks for access to your location. There are thousands, no, there are millions of apps that ask, act, they ask for your location. So your GPS automatically gets turned on. Well, Secret Service buys this data. It buys it. Not just not, they don't call up uh, the app manufacturer, the app uh, inventor, and say, hey, uh, I need to, to know where Kurt is. No. They call up shoots and ladders, and they say, how much for all your phone location data? This is well known. This is what happens. I have, for years, heard people say, well, I have nothing to hide. Well, that's because you're too stupid to know that you need to hide. We are our own worst enemy. We do those things. You know, the government comes to us and says, Hi, I'm with the government here. I, I'm, I need to kill you. Uh, give me your knife. And then you hand them the knife and then calmly sit there while they slit your throat. This is how it works with government and with idiots. Tennessee has decided that they need to, in this time of COVID, they need to interrogate every child 
at least once a month via a cell phone or, in some cases, in person. Tennessee. Tennessee's doing that. In the 1970s, a guy named Yuri Bezmenov, and I have actually uh, went to a talk he had one time. I didn't know who he was. Yuri Bezmenov, he worked with the KGB in Soviet Union, and he left the Soviet Union and came to the United States in the 70s. In the 80s, he started to do talk shows and talk to people. He warned us what was coming. He, he, he told us exactly what was going to happen, and he did this 40-something years ago. Most of the activity of that department was to compile huge amount, volume of information on individuals who were instrumental in creating public opinion. Publishers, editors, journalists, uh, actors, educationalists, professors of political science, members of parliament, uh, uh, representatives of business circles. This was my instruction. Try to get into into uh, large circulation established conservative media, rich, filthy rich movie makers, intellectuals, so-called academic circles, cynical, egocentric people who can look into your eyes with angelic expression and tell you a lie. These are the most recruitable people, people who lack moral principles, who are either too greedy or too uh, suffer from self-importance. Uh, they feel that uh, they, they matter a lot. Uh, these are the people who KGB wanted very much to recruit. Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. It's a slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriyatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed. The result, the result you can see. Most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. Exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. So basically, America is stuck. 
with, with demoralization. And unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality. People who think they are living at a peacetime, false. The United States is in the state of war, undeclared total war. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. If this is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with uh, benevolent dictators who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of, of new generation of Soviet assassins, never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. After crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Norm so the next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. In the small town of Hue in South Vietnam, several thousands of Vietnamese were executed in one night when the city was captured by Viet Cong for only two days. And American CIA could never figure out how could possibly communists know each individual where he lives, where, where to get him, and would be arrested in one night, basically in, in some four hours before dawn, put on a van, taken out of the city limits and shot. The answer is very simple. Long before communists occupied the city, there was extensive network of informers, local Vietnamese citizens, who knew absolutely everything about people who are instrumental in public opinion, including barbers and taxi drivers. Everyone who was sympathetic to the United States was executed. Same thing was done under the guidance of, of the Soviet embassy in Hanoi and same thing I was doing in New Delhi. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. It happened in, in uh, Grenada. Same happened in Afghanistan. Same happened in, in Bangladesh. It's the same pattern everywhere. The moment they serve their purpose, all the useful idiots are used either be executed entirely, all the idealistically minded Marxists, or uh, exiled or put in prisons, like in Cuba. Many, many former Marxists are in Cuba. But you see, the useful idiots, the, the leftists who are idealistically believing in the beauty of Soviet socialist or communist or whatever system, when they get disillusioned, they become the worst enemies. That's why my KGB instructors specifically made the point, never bother with leftists. Forget about these political prostitutes. The psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They, 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 will, uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Obviously, they will join the links of dissenters, dissidents. Unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. But or to eliminate the others, to execute 
execute the others? Don't they serve some purpose? Wouldn't they be no, the ones they, they rely they on? They serve purpose only at the stage of destabilization of a nation. For example, your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are not, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. You have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking. That every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, nothing ever can help the United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to uh, prison inmates. All this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. The moment at least part of the United States population is convinced that the danger is real. They have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions, and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. As a young man, I worked with one of the survivors of a Auschwitz death camp. Uh, he was a Jew, and he used to warn me what was coming, and everything, everything that's happening right now, he told me about and this is over 50 years ago. We've been warned by many people over the years that today would be coming. All right, now we're going into the Trump category. And I got, I got something I have to read to you because I can't... Every time it gets posted on the Internet, it disappears. The, the uh, um, interview disappears, so I can't copy it. It came from Fox and Friends. And All right. An anonymous Democratic operative's account of how election fraud is allegedly committed was revealing and chilling, the New York Post reporter who interviewed him told Fox and Friends on Tuesday. Confessions of a voter fraud. I was master at fixing mail-in ballots, and it was published in the New York Post on Saturday and was written by John Levine. He interviewed this guy. And the guy was an expert in voter fraud, especially with mail-in ballots, and it is no myth. Levine added that the operative knows this because he'd been doing it on a grand scale for decades. Mail-in ballots have become a point of contention between Republicans and, and uh, Democrats in the 2020 elections. Democrats contend President Trump and new Postmaster General Louis DeJoy De, De are trying to sabotage the 2020 election by delaying service that could compromise mail-in ballots during the coronavirus pandemic. All right. Now, Levin was the, was the uh, reporter that interviewed this guy, and the guy's anonymous, but they checked his, his uh, bona fides, and he's real. The, this political insider who spoke on condition of anonymity because he fears prosecution came to the New York Post and presented evidence. Levin called him a very serious guy in New Jersey who has a long track record and some of the biggest politicians in that state. Once he started talking, and once it, once it came from the horse's mouth, it was both revealing and chilling. Fraud is more the rule than the exception, the guy said. His dirty work has taken him through the weeds of municipal and federal elections in Patterson, Atlantic City, Camden, Newark, Hoboken, and Hudson County, and his fingerprints can be found in local legislative, mayoral, and congressional races across the Garden State. 
The Post article said some of the biggest names and highest office holders in New Jersey have benefited from his tricks. The whistleblower, whose identity, rap sheet, and long history working as a consultant to various campaigns were confirmed by the Post, says he's not only changed ballots himself over the years, but led teams of fraudsters and mentored at least 20 operatives in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. What the operatives would say is that the voters mailed the ballot, and then once the ballots go out, his team just fans out and knocks on everybody's doors and convinces the people to hand over completed ballots. You get that? This happened to me in California one time when I had a mail-in ballot. I, I got the ballot two days later. I, two guys knock on, uh, two girls knock on the door and say, we're here to pick up your ballot. We'll take it for you. And I'm like, who the hell are you? Well, they just smiled and walked away. He says a shocking number of people just hand over the completed ballots. This is the real thing. And there's going to be a war coming November 3rd over this stuff. If they knew how the sausage was made, they could fix it. The host of the Fox and Friends pointed to another part of the article where the anonymous source explained that voter fraud is also connected to nursing homes, where the nurses are allegedly paid operatives and fill out absentee ballots for the seniors. This is called granny harvesting. They don't, even, they don't even have to steam it open because the nurse is on the payroll and they just go and the nurse gives a stack of ballots and it's like, hello, we're going to do the ballot together and then it's both fraud and elder abuse. Sometimes postal employees are in on the scam. My uncle worked for the post office for 35 years. He told me of about two or three different guys arrested for this, this exact thing. The operative reported... You have a postman who is a rabid anti-Trump guy and he's working in bad minister or some Republican stronghold. He simply takes these filled out ballots, knowing 95% are going to a Republican, and he just throws them in the garbage. This is real. This is what Trump is afraid of. I did a show explaining and giving vivid examples of how crooked Democrats are and how far they're willing to try and push communism on everyone else. Oh, by the way, go to Antifa.com and see where it takes you. Just, you know, just just take a look at that. Uh, judge orders new election. Oh, there's so many. I have a dozen different things here. Judge orders new election after rampant alleged mail-in voting fraud. It, it, it goes on and on and on. Well, I got articles on two uh, well-known racists. Uh, number one is Joy Reid, just a black female from MSNBC. And uh, she suggests that as soon as Biden gets sworn in <clears throat> to establish a Trump Crimes Commission. And the other racist is a guy named uh, Richard Spencer. He's a white guy. He's a white supremacist. He's a Democrat, uh, just like all r- white racists are. And in fact, all Democrats are white racists or black racists. Either way, he's, uh, he's endorsing Joe Biden. I I don't I have a bunch of stuff on Kamala Harris and I'm not going to waste my time with it right now. What I want you to know is that once a month and you will find this nowhere. You will find it nowhere. And I stress this. I'm an investigator. I looked. I could find it nowhere. My son could find it nowhere. But once a month Trump has a meeting with blacks. It's they come and and I don't know how they get drawn or how they how they figure out who they're going to bring there. They come to the White House. They have a little a slight little meal, you know, a little hors d'oeuvres, and uh, he talks to them for a couple hours or longer, depends on his mood. And in fact, 
Here's what some of them had to say right after the last meeting. We love our President Trump. Thank you guys. Thank yes, you guys. we do. USA. USA. That was phenomenal. It was great. illegal. It was great. That was uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life. I would, I would never forget that. It was wonderful, man. It was beautiful. Absolutely. Look at all these uh, Uncle Toms, right? Free-thinking blacks. It was fantastic. It was amazing. It's such an honor to have been able to get there and even see the president in person. It was um, amazing. I just met the president, man. He told me I was the flyest guy in the room. It was an honor. Thank you. You know, they didn't think I would be here, guy from the streets, in the White House. I never would think I'd be one of the first in my family to be invited to the White House as a black man. You know, not too many people can say that much black families. You know, so it's good that that actually happened, you know. I made history in my family. Amazing experience. Lots of regular Americans getting in there, having an opportunity to share laughs with the President of the United States. It was a great experience. I shook his hand. Awesome. I lost my voice a little bit, so I'm sorry. It was amazing. She had a great time. See the President, see the Vice President. Yes, sir. See many black American conservatives. So it was just legs, energy. This is um, our third, just me and her third time. So every time we go, President Trump, he's like so funny and it's just lit. Yeah. The energy is amazing every time. I feel warm. Electrifying. Like, you, I caught chills. As soon as he came in, the way the, the crowd erupted in there it was like. The president said we blew his ears out. <laughs> Got a chance to listen to all the things that he's done for the black community. And uh, I'm just grateful for this president. I did didn't support him uh, the last election, but after seeing what he's done and that speech he gave in there, he's convinced me I'm voting for him in 2020. He made it very clear that he is here to put America first. You know, we have people suffering here, but meanwhile, we're spending so much time and energy devoted towards illegals or people coming to this country unfairly. And, you know, Democrats have made a mess of our inner cities, but he is really trying to root all that mess out and really help people in the ways that are actually effective rather than the empty lies and promises that Democrats have been giving, but we haven't had any results. The people are waking up. People are changing. Humans are naturally conservative because we're humans. You grow up being told to work hard for what you got. You don't, you don't grow up being told you're going to get something because you just want it. You're saying, like, you ain't got to work for it. We, we, we went, when I went in the store and I tried to get a Snickers and I ain't had no money for it, I'm going to smack my hand. Put that Snickers back. We can't afford that. You know what I'm saying? But Democrats, they say, hey, we give you everything for free. That ain't reality because nothing is free because we pay for everything with our taxes. They work for us. It was Donald Trump who woke me up, man. At first, when he was he was nominated and, and he was elected, I was not a big fan. But to see the things he's done for black community, see things he's done for America in particular, I'm a huge fan now. And he has my support four more years. And I'll be voting for Donald J. Trump. And, see you there. And, and when he told us, when he asked us, what the hell do we have to lose? I said, that is exactly right. right. Our schools are horrible. Our communities are horrible. We got to do something about it. We have to do something about it. And he is. But I know with him, we're going to make a big change here in America. I think a lot of African Americans are waking up and they're coming to the realization that Trump is great for America. Trump has done so many fantastic things, not only for, you know, what you think the white people or the rich people, but for the black people, for the Asian people, for the Latino people, for everyone. He has done something amazing and he will keep doing things amazing. And when he is elected in 2020, he will continue to make this country better than it was before. It's easy to get excited about our president who is putting your needs first. And that's too often something that we don't hear from the mainstream media is the way he's trying to help America be the best that it can be. So it was fantastic to be there and, you know, just basically tell him thank you for standing up for us because we know that he takes a lot of a lot of hits from the media for us and we're, we're so happy to support him. You got to love this man, man. He brings togetherness, 
man, and that's what it's about. Unity as America, America first, man. The media wants people to think that, you know, the black community hates Donald Trump, but that's not necessarily true. This event is proof, and I know you can say it's a small fraction of, you know, the black population, but they have family members and other people, friends who weren't able to come here that they, uh, they're ecstatic that they're here. I don't think they're going to show them because they want to like, like, oh, Trump is racist. They're not going to show this because they, that's not a part of their narrative. They're going to want to ignore it and, and hope it goes away. That's how they that's how they deal with like an inconvenient uh, a fact. They'll bury it, they'll ignore it, or they'll twist it. Because they don't want to pretty much deal with the truth. And the fact of the matter is uh, the conservative message resonates with black America. And, you know, as time continues to turn, uh, the Democrats are going to have to reckon with that eventually. Well, they won't reckon with that because they can't. Democrats were created as a racist organization, and they are, to this day, racist organization. And they devolved into pure communist racist uh, for that point. The thing that I want to stress here is that everything that's happening now is because we've allowed it to get to this point. When the first, when the first communists came to America, we should have said no. When the first socialist concept tried to sneak its way into the policies of the United States government, we should have said no. But we were too busy watching TV, drinking beer, riding in our boats, which we can get on alone. You know, it's funny. I'm looking, I'm just look I'm on Craigslist uh, every day. I look at motorhomes. Normally, I'm finding these old things, you know, made in the 70s and 80s. Now I'm finding motorhomes made in the, um, from 2015 to 2020. I am seeing hundreds of them on Craigslist. Because people are using, irresponsible people will say, you know, I got a job and I know I can make enough money to make a $500 payment on a motorhome every month, which we only use twice a year. I know I can do that. You know, we're affluent. We're Americans. We can do this. And then, bam, all of a sudden they're out of work and their unemployment ain't going to pay that bill. So they put it on Craigslist trying to get what they paid for it or what they owe on it. You know, word word of warning to the wise here. When you buy a car, when you buy a truck, when you buy a motorhome, when you buy a boat, the instant it's in your name, it's worth 50% less than you paid for it. So make sure if you do buy any stuff like that, you're not buying it for its value. You're buying it because you need it or you want it and that you can actually afford it. I learned the hard way that if I can't pay for something, I don't get it. And that's, that's the truth we, all my life. I've watched this occur to friends around me. Uh, they would go out and get they get a good job, and next thing you know, they got they got a twenty thousand dollar boat. Now that twenty thousand dollar boat, if it was new nowadays, and I'm not kidding you, it's a hundred thousand dollars. I just happened to be driving by a boat sale place the other day. I had to stop and look again. I couldn't believe there were there were speed boats there that seat four people that have outside stereo systems. And a big rail where you can hook and, and uh, ski. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's, it's a thing's not even 40 feet long. It's probably 25 feet. $108,000. But we do this stupid stuff. I have a whole show I do. It's called What People, Stupid Things People Do. And we're, we have allowed this to occur. We have allowed the Black Lives Matter communist organization to infiltrate all corporations in the United States. We've allowed 
Antifa to operate with impunity. But we have to go backwards. We've allowed communists to become in charge of cities. We have allowed communists to become in charge of states. We have allowed communists to infiltrate the United States government to its deepest depths. Sometime when you got a few hours to spend, look up McCarthy and watch. He proved that the United States government had been infiltrated by communists and their whole goal was the subjugation of the United States into a period where we were nothing more than bags of blood that they could suck off of. All right, I'm going to sign off now. And I Now remember, you can go to se1.us and poke around there and see what we got for sale. And also, the uh, oregano oil is back. The ultimate immune boost is back. The ultimate daily vitamin is back in stock for now. We, only, we can only allow six of each to be bought because we don't know what's going to happen. This is a fluke to even have our products in stock. I don't know how many of you people know us, but I don't, uh, I'm not a BSer. I'm telling you the truth. And we spent six months without this stuff. So keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. Fifty years ago, a gentleman named Paul Harvey had the same thought that I do. At Runnymede, the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. Yet you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property. Yes, we did. With an innocent-sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says that Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. And we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George Good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith, That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away, morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. When it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. When they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first, there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger. And in order to pay the additional tax collectors, it has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. 
until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful, the people are cattle. Some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene, to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such. Once upon a time, there was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war, from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wisely, he limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand, but anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, he said they just didn't understand deficit finance. Well, what do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 B.C., internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years, just by turning to the left the world has gone in circles. Now either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows as the night the day, our children are going to have to relive the dark ages all over again. How come after thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God, and my country, and in myself, and in that order. Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Well, that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us, we don't want opportunity anymore. We want security. We don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often we came to believe them. We wanted security. They gave us chains, and we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first tin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment, that free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers 
dragging their chains, and we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing, too. Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never, ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made if we just keep on keeping on. We've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve.